Live inside Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company. All right, here we go. Twin Peaks on a Monday. Willie Ramirez is here. It's Cofield. Ari's back in our Finley Toyota studios. we got Monday Night Football coming up. A couple of AFC West teams on the docket with the Broncos and the Chargers. Mateo is our setup guy here, security guy as well. we got a ton of prizes we're giving out, including tickets to go see the Scorpions and on site some Vegas Golden Knights tickets for an upcoming game. Willie, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, doing good. Got uh, you, you nailed it right with the bodyguard. You know, we we broke it down, uh, Gooch and I, on Saturday as far as like the engineer on hand because we had Jed on Saturday. So like, what sort of pain infliction would be depending on who it was? Jed, we had decided would be ground and pound with Mateo. We said anyway, mess with it. It's a real quick shank, shank, done. Oh, okay. So yeah. So I'm feeling safe, but I'm feeling good shank, because shank. <laughs> I didn't uh, know it was that bad. Shank, shank. <laughs> shank, shank. Uh, I'm excited because it's this has been one heck. I mean, it's always live down here. Last year, getting to be a part of it, right, joining the show. and But this has been the, the turnouts this season down here for Twin Peaks. So I'm excited because, you know, last couple of weeks has been uh, the Rams. It's a Rams home bar. We had the Raiders. But previously – house great kitchen great atmosphere great environment we've got a lot to talk about so i'm pumped let's go that's been our best year at twin peaks and we got a good lineup of games thankfully it's not thursday night where they've struggled a little bit the nfl has and putting together teams that uh, can actually score a little bit we'll see what happens tonight we'll have the breakdown as the show moves along but you got a charger team that's trying to get healthy and then a bronco team that's trying to get healthy mentally i think they're they're kind of jacked up right now mentally all right let's get into it it's the three on Cofield and Company. This is absurd, and it's really a complete sports radio topic, but I'm not holding back here because I think there might be something to it. Is this the end for Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers? Mm. I mean, they're both on 500 teams, which isn't a total disaster. Let's tackle each case. The Packers lost to the Jets yesterday at home and got destroyed down the stretch. The Packers, Willie, have consistently been El Garbaggio in the second half, especially. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and point fingers at Matt LaFleur and say, what, he's getting out coach? He can't make second half adjustments? I mean, it looks like a flawed roster in terms of weapons on the outside. Do they need to go to a more run-heavy approach? And you know, I heard Colin Cowherd last week was like, where is Aaron Jones, who should be getting like 35 touches a game, even with A.J. Dillon getting a bunch of touches? So that's that one's hard to – if you're a Packers fan, you got to be looking at the Packers today and going, all right, generally we don't have to panic, but this is a mess right now, and the Jets just came in and rolled us down the stretch. Yeah, I don't even know how to put this delicately without – making it sound as if I'm not going to jump on the whole Devontae's gone, but it's more so, you know, it's one of those things, it's like Phil Jackson's big knocks, right? And he didn't have many, but was, okay, well, if he didn't have the talent, could he actually coach? Like when he went to, you know, when he had the Knicks, if he didn't have the stars, are we seeing that LaFleur needed Rodgers to have his main guy in order to just sort of simplify things for himself. Does he need to go back to simplifying the playbook? Maybe 
I'm not sure what's taking place there, but I don't think that Rodgers' situation is as desperate as Tom Brady's where we're headed in this avenue. But the thing is because the Jets have been competitive and they've been playing well. The Giants, we're going to talk about the uh, the state of New York, but I, I think that uh, Brady and the Bucks are in a little bit more desperation mode than the Packers just yet But because I think you can eyeball what's going on a little bit easier well, I guess you could. I can eyeball both. I just think that the the it's a, it might be a simpler fix in Green Bay, where Tampa Bay is up against it with Brady. I mean, Aaron Jones yesterday, twelve touches. AJ Dillon actually got one more carry than Jones. He had fourteen. Those are their two best two best offensive weapons. They've got to find a way to get him more involved. And Tanya had a good game. But it's a mess right now offensively. I actually I disagree with you on who's the bigger mess. And we'll get to the Bucs because I think there's some real messy things going on with the Buccaneers. Yeah. The Buccaneers can play defense. I'm not sure that the Packers' defense can carry the offense if it doesn't get going. And yesterday, to add insult to injury and a little piece of advice, you know what, Alan Lazard, wide receiver for the Packers? Maybe you just stay away from Sauce Gardner after the game and just let Gardner wear the cheese head. To kind yeah. of send a message to the rest of your team. So Sauce Gardner celebrating, and I guess there was a ton of Jets fans who traveled to Lambeau, and he got his hand on a cheese head, hands on a cheese head, and is kind of running around the field and running up the tunnel. Uh-oh, another tunnel issue. Lazard comes up from behind the Packers receiver, knocks it off of Sauce Gardner's head. Gardner, you know, not going to punch down because he's already better, a better NFL player than Alan Lazard. Doesn't react, just turns around, kind of laughs. Eventually gets it back. Let me ask you a question. You're a hat wearer at times. You're a regular hat, right? Baseball? Yep. Say the Jets are playing the Cowboys and the Jets beat them and you say something and I knock it off your head. Is that assault? <laughs> I mean, there's a tunnel issue. He hit him in the uh, head to uh, knock it off. I don't know. I'm just uh, I'm just asking. Hmm. God, what, I'm trying to think of the college game I saw over the weekend. Was it Kentucky? Where an uh, offensive lineman got hit in the face, like, a, like kind of a light slap in the face, and he threw his arms up and he's like, oh! Like sort of a belly flop backwards. Yeah. Imagine what if Gardner just like went down and he went down and is holding his arm. Had to go to the hospital. And then, and then head they take him out of the stretcher. Yep. He runs sure. back. He runs right out of the ambulance back in the locker room. Yep. He's like, I'm fine. I just wanted to get Lazard in trouble. Yep. It's not that big a deal, but it is sort of a sign of where the Packers are right now. You got the New York Jets coming in, celebrating on your field, wearing a freaking cheese head, and you are so pissed off and angry and desperate that you're knocking the. The foam cheese head. You know what it is? It's off a of Sauce Gardner's head. It's a sign of frustration yeah. in the tunnel after a loss. Oh, wow. All right, let's talk about signs of frustration. We've accepted those signs from Tom Brady because he's the all-time winner in football. Most competitive guy. The uh, proverbial S is starting to hit the fan now. When you're sitting there screaming and yelling at your teammates, and hey, Quarterbacks do that sometimes, and Brady has done it. Brady's broken tablets. He freaks out on the sideline. You, you patted him on the back. Hey, he's super competitive. But this is at least the second time we've seen this happen, and you're looking around, and you're like, bruh, you disappeared for a week in the preseason. Now we know you're having marital issues. Like We all have problems, Tom. We all got home stuff to deal with. You're on the offensive line for the – Bucks, and you're looking up, and Tom Brady's screaming at you yesterday, and then you're like, hey, Tom, we were 
were here Friday getting ready for the game. Saturday morning, walkthrough. Bruh, you're going to yell at us now? Where were you on Friday and Saturday? Well, as it turns out, he was at Bobby Kraft's wedding, yep. having a good time. Yep. Bruh, you got you got a lot of equity. Tom Brady's got a ton of equity, Willie. He's the all-time winner. He really is one of the greatest winning players in the history of American organized sports. He's right there with Jordan. But there's something going on right now. How do you not realize that after you don't show up, you're off doing something on a Friday and Saturday that when you turn around on Sunday and you're airing frustrations at your teammates, that that's not, that's not going to backfire on you. That's a bad look. Real bad look. Well, it's really bad when you start off 2-0 and and then you lose two straight to Aaron Rodgers and the Chiefs. You beat the Falcons in a lackluster type game. I mean, they got 420 yards on offense, but 21-15. You still realistically have lost two of three. You're three and two. And, yeah, I get it. Willie, put, all the, put all the numbers aside, right? No, but I, I, no, I, no, I, no, come, no. I come in here for a show, right? Yeah. And during the breaks, I'm screaming and yelling at you. Yeah. You got to get your performance up. What the hell are you doing? Tell but you, right. but you've noticed I've been absent a lot the last couple weeks. Hmm. Clearly, the research ain't there. We're not getting sound clips like we used to. You're looking at me going, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't get to yell at me when I can see 100% is not coming from you. Well, that's where I was going with this. There's clearly something needs to be – everybody's got to be on the same page. That's where I was headed with numbers and records. My point is, I don't know if this is a fair analogy or comparison, but you talked about, like, the track record. Yes, in the NFL, so maybe this is a little off, but, you know, one of the greatest college coaches of all time, Urban Meyer, didn't we get on him for flying? Didn't fly home with the team, wasn't with the team. Should have went back with so on. So you know, it, I mean, it's an entire. It's it's a stretch, but it's the same somewhat of philosophy. You should be with your team. What is Robert Kraft doing getting married on a Friday anyway? And I mean, hey, I'll, I guess the, the respect was shown because there was a lot of former Patriots there. But yeah, uh, that's a bad look. I don't know if maybe you know, it's a maybe is it a sign where you know what Tom said? I I need. I need some time away, or I need Again? to. I need to be around some people that. Again? Exactly. I mean, I, I, suppo- I suppose, I and I want to be this... nice about it, but come on, dude. No, that's and, why. And if, you, and if you want that, you can't be yelling at me on Sunday that I'm not getting the job done when you were gone. Uh, they hold those meetings for a reason on Friday and Saturday, mm-hmm. and you're ducking out, and then you're screaming at us that we're not doing our job. Come on. And it's crystal clear. Um. You know, he's talked about his diet and his, and his uh, nutrition and, and what he eats and drinks and so on and so forth. But this dude's lost a ton of weight. And I'm wondering if it's stress weight. I'm wondering how much it's in his head about his marriage, whether or not he was ready to hand it in. It's still very – that's it's, it's a very emotional time for him. That's why I think this has been a more of a desperation mode for Brady than it is Rodgers. I think Rodgers' deal – LaFleur's got a coach. You brought in the other coach. He doesn't have his top target, Rodgers, meaning uh, figure it out. Go find your rushing game. Figure out how to do it. The same way McDaniels had to do it and spread the wealth. 
Brady's got more issues off the field than Rodgers does. Rodgers is just a, a lunatic and you, a wild man. But, you know, the other salt in the wound here, think about this. So you got Brady screaming at his teammates. We all have to be better. He's not prepping the way he should. He's taking time off from the team, from team activities. Todd Bowles is the head coach. You know why Todd Bowles is the head coach of the Buccaneers? Because Tom Brady was part of a coup. Tom Brady pushed for Arians to go upstairs. So how many players on the team are like, hey, Tom, we liked Arians. Yeah. That was our head coach. Mm. He's got a track record. He won us the Super Bowl. So did you. But he won us the Super Bowl. I like Todd Bowles, right? I don't think he's a clown. His jet stint wasn't great. But I wonder how many guys around the locker room are like, we didn't want Todd as our head coach. Yeah. We wanted Bruce. And you pulled a coup. And now you do what whatever is going you want. On? And now you do whatever you want. And doesn't and, and by the way, doesn't he still have a day off also? Like a mixed in day? Isn't it? Isn't, wait, I don't know if he officially did the Wednesday thing or not. The first day back of, of every week, by the way. Like, like, you know, the Raiders will be back this week. Carl will have to be on the podium. It's weird, man. Both of these guys. I, I, I stand behind. Rodgers and Brady. No, it's think, a mess right now. Yeah, and I think that uh, I think there's more desperation mode with Brady right now than Rodgers. Wednesdays, it's the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show at 6 p.m. right here on ESPN Las Vegas. A trap play inside. A beauty ball running free. Resaw inside the 10. He's going to score. Touchdown, Jets. Hanging at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company. Brees Hall untouched. That was embarrassing. Jets crush the Packers. Really didn't crush them, but fourth quarter run, and Aaron Rodgers loses, and Alan Lazard is uh, trying to fight Sauce Gardner, who was celebrating at Lambeau with a cheese set. All right, Did baseball. Did you expect your team to win? Sorry. No, not at all, no. Okay. No, I, I, expect, to, I, I, to I expect the Jets to go. Uh, before the season, I was hoping for 5-12, and 12, maybe 6-11, and 11, so they're absolutely. Now you're looking up flight tickets for playoff weeks. No. Okay. They're gonna. They're, my guess is they'll finish seven and ten, eight and nine, maybe. We may have a bet coming. Seven. So now I have to root against my own team to win the bet. <laughs> seven and a half. I'll take the under. They're four and two. Cinch to win at least eight games. Are you serious? No, I'm trying to convince you to play over eight, over seven and a half. You seriously don't think that, or you just you're just a degenerate. What do you mean? What, I need action, so I'm going to play against the Jets? No, I don't think the Jets will go any better than 7-10. and 10. We'll firm this up by the end of the show. Yes, we will. You have to look at the schedule during the break. I you'll, am. You'll I'm going to look out. at it while the show's going on. Yeah, you'll check it out. Monday Night Football tonight. Big beers, 22-ounces, under 4 bucks at Twin Peaks. We're on Eastern. All the ladies are here, right? 29-degree beer, scenic views. Let's do it. I thought you had something to say. I backed off. I'm in. You are in. You're in. I, I want. I get over seven and a half from this point. Not not seven and a half more. Yes, of course. Well, I'm clarifying because I know you. Oh, like, imagine, oh, ima- imagine. Yes, you're a, um, you're a shady the, character. Then, then I come back uh, tomorrow and I'm like, yeah, you said the Jets are going to win twelve games. Yes, that's right. You'd be like, no, no, no seven and a <laughs> half from yesterday. I'm not a shady character. I already lost a bet. 
That one's in. Now we got two Come more. On. Now we got a third here. We're so I'm from Jersey. I, co- I was born in New York, raised in the streets. Come on. We're you're, both you're, hustlers. You're, you're we, clo- we're you're, hustlers. You're closer to the streets than I am. We're hustlers. I know your background. All right. So seven and a half win total for the season. You're over. I'm under. I'm over seven and a half total wins for the yep, Jets for the for season. The, easy. Okay. All right. Reinforcements coming tonight for the Broncos. Justin Simmons has been hurt most of the season with a quad injury, so he's going to be back. We'll get you updates on the Chargers and who's going to be in, who's going to be out for L.A. Now, I almost said San Diego. I have San Diego on the mind. How cool is it for baseball that two of the little guys made it to the NLDS? Please, please counter that immediately. It's not They're not little guys. They're not little guys. San Diego and Philly are gigantic markets. Well, compared and, and, to. And you know my thing on baseball. Hey, if you try, right, if you spend some money, you try to make trades, then I'm all for uh, not rooting for you, but I'm cool with you. If you choose to not try and lean on the stupid crutch that you can't compete in baseball, up yours. And San Diego and Philly consistently have tried. San Diego, check that. I keep saying, yeah, it is San Diego this time. Uh, San Diego, even though Tatis screwed them and they just wasted all that money this year, they kept adding, they kept adding, they kept adding. And the Phillies at the trade deadline, they went out and added. You know, they went and got a guy like Syndergaard who was making good money. So I'm glad to see these two teams make it. Now, I've seen this reaction. What's the point of playing the regular season? You have multiple 100-win teams not make the championship series. I mean, what are we doing here? What's the problem? I don't I don't get it. What's the problem? People are pissed. They're like, the best teams didn't make it. Exactly. Well, the best, the best teams don't make the Super Bowl every year by the record. Yeah. Best teams don't make the Final Four sometimes. Was Cincinnati the best team from the AFC last year by the record in the regular season? No. no. You got to win games. No. And the NFL is a one-off. You can pull an upset as a nine-win team on a thirteen-win team. Oh well, yeah. You got five games here. Yeah. You can't win best of five. Sorry, Dodgers. Can't win best of five. Sorry, Braves. I'm glad. Sorry, I get- Mets. Three three one hundred win teams out in the NL. Philly and San Diego move on. I love it. <sighs> I'm glad I got my Dodger jersey uh, night out of the way two weeks ago here at Twin Peaks. My boys, they're done. But see, I'm not like a like I don't go. I don't. I've I, I've completely gotten over. I don't know when it was. Maybe it was when I returned to the media hard hardcore mainstream everything. Um, you know, because you sort of lose your fandom. But like, I don't go nuts crazy anymore when my team's out. It's almost like eh, they're going to blow it, and then it's a nice surprise if they get in. So, what I love more than anything, Steve, and we talked about this on Friday. Um, I was really hoping for my boys, the Dodgers and the Phillies, in the in the, but. I am so ecstatic for Bryson Stott, and I'm so excited for Las Vegas in general. The fact that we are represented well by two great guys, and you know, and and, and with how Phil, the Philadelphia started, uh, you, you mentioned the trade, right? Midseason trade uh, acquisitions, firing a Girardi is when it started. I mean, because yep. they, they started turning around urgency then. early, firing Girardi. Yep. Uh, getting Syndergaard during the season. The other thing, when people are like, came injuries. When well, I was going to get to that. When people are like, well, you know, the Padres and the Phillies weren't that good all year. Yeah, they also, the Padres were without Tatis for the whole season, arguably the best player, and Harper was out a good part of the season. These yeah. are the NL has five really good teams, and it just happened that these two teams couldn't get past the ninety win threshold, but they're all good and. And doesn't it make a better story that they nah. that they weren't that good throughout the entire season or consistent yep. enough? That's what makes it so great. 
you catch that late season wind and you ride it and you do the right things. You learn how to, you know, it's, it, it's, there's an appreciation in baseball and hockey for that matter. When you manufacture your wins, you manufacture your offense, you, you grind it out over teams that win by domination the same way. You know what I mean? The, I mean, we'll see what happens with the Yankees, but I mean, the teams that were just dominating, they're gone. Why? Because teams that have learned to sort of come together to lean on one another, lean, have different players step up at different times and bring it, I, I love it. I think it's fantastic. How cool is this? I know you mentioned it, but how cool is this for locals, the Las Vegas Phillies, as we call them? Yes. For Harper, who has been here before, but now this is a chance to, you know, continue that legacy building for Bryce Harper, who in the postseason has been a monster. And then the other great story, of course, is local, and Harper's a local, but local Bryson Stott, local high school, local college, struggled with the Phillies to the point where you're like, he's not going to make it this year. It's going to be something down the road. Comes back in the second half, puts up a really good second half, and now they're both one series away from the World Series. Yeah, and a lot of people, you know, you're familiar with his name, but the the story behind Bryson where, you know, he gets drafted 14th overall. He goes down to whatever it is, fall ball, fall league. He flies out to uh, Florida, and like within a week, just as he flies out early because the rookies, the young guys, they go out there sooner. Gets the call. They all have to go back to their homes and isolate for pandemic. So he doesn't really get, ever get a true his first true spring yeah. training or AAA ball anything. Lost a year that, of development. Everything. He was going Stupid out to COVID. he was going out to high school. He was meeting coaches that he knew here that helped basically raise him on a baseball field. They were meeting and going through opposite dugouts. One round of balls. So that way, when he fielded it, touched it, and put it in the bucket. He, they weren't touching it again. I mean, I, when I tell you that, I'm not oh just God. fabricating this story just like, well, yeah, okay, sure, that's how they were doing it. No. The, he would send me – he sent me videos or, you know, and I did, did some stuff during the offseason on – in the backyard with the net. It was like almost like a little leaguer all over again. It was the only way he could really work. Then he worked himself through minor leagues. Then this year opened up with the, with the Phillies. I mean, for him – Again, you said, you know, like Bryce has been there and Bryce has had the big name. He had the big name coming in, right, coming out of CSN. But for Bryson Stott and his family, I couldn't be more excited top to bottom. You know, dad was a quarterback at UNLV. Mom is just – she's a beloved employee, educator at El Dorado High School. Sister, multinational champion on the UNLV cheer team. I saw her the other night. I run into her before the UNLV football game. And all the cheerleaders, they do their pregame selfies. She's on a FaceTime with mom and big brother Brennan. They're out in Philadelphia after the win. It was fantastic. It's great. It's, I, I love it. I love it. I can't wait for the NLCS to start. And I'm pulling for the Phillies, not because the Padres beat my Dodgers either. I'm pulling for the Phillies because of the Las Vegas boys. Get over to Twin Peaks in Henderson for Monday Night Football. Awesome food and drink specials. Plus, Cofield and Company's Willie Ramirez will have plenty of great prizes you can win. It's Monday Night Football at Twin Peaks in Henderson. They're down 10. Stevenson looking for a block. He got it for Myers, and there he goes. Kiss him goodbye. That is a touchdown. 31-yard run. Stevenson and the Patriots have taken the lead late in the first half. Hanging at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company. 
Another hometown here. We are just talking about Bryce Harper and Bryson Stott, but Ramondre Stevenson's really starting to emerge as the one yeah. for the Patriots. We'll get into the QB controversy, maybe. Uh, Bailey Zappi, but Pats go on the road yesterday and just smash, smash the Cleveland Browns and uh, some of that high-rating stuff to start the season with Jacoby Reset, He's fallen back to earth. Decent fill-in, but you can't have him as your starting quarterback for the entire season. All right, Raiders game week. Raiders game week. I know we use must-win all the time. This is it. They got to go on a freaking run here. They've come out of the gates, appear to be a mid-level team in the NFL, but they're 1-4. and four. So now there's no margin for error. You look at this week and this game. Give me something. Priority number one, they got to clean up and practice and prep and deliver on game day. What do they got to clean up? Defense, red zone defense. Worst in the league. Red zone defense allowing touchdowns. And um, here's the thing is if you, and these are all pros, you know, 1 through 32, you don't look down upon any team. But if you are underestimating the Houston Texans that are going to be just as hungry in an AFC South that has somewhat been topsy-turvy, you have to clean up the red zone, the NFL's worst red zone defense. End of story. I don't know. I don't know who to put that on, to be honest with you. But I mean, I'm going to start with Patrick Graham. I'm always going to go to the coaches, right? I, I don't think that the guys are going out there just, you know, hoofing it. These guys have been playing hard. I'll even go as far as to say Jonathan Abram has been playing hard. He may not be getting it done. He may not be graded high on Pro Football Focus. But these guys have gone out there and they're putting their best effort. I don't want to hear about Chandler Jones. Yeah, he's not getting home. Maybe they're focused on him. I don't know. But Max Crosby's playing, been playing out of his mind. Nate Hobbs playing out of his mind. Now he's hurt. Denzel Perryman, we saw the effect he could have when he gets into a game, then gets injured, turns around goes back out of the game. Uh, his presence. Patrick Graham has to figure out his unit and how to stop a team in the red zone. Point blank. Texans getting seven. Initial thoughts? Uh, initial thoughts are going to be to lay it because I, I think we know what the offense is capable of. I think that we've seen this offense emerge. They're just losing. I mean, the team is, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you go back to a couple of years ago when they were right there and then they lost, what was it, three of their last four games. And uh, down the stretch, they were like in the last minute, one in overtime. Carr was getting it done with his with his targets. The defense faltered. You know, um, last week, tough tough calls. Some some tough calls were made. I mean, you know, uh, against the Chiefs, there are games where you could easily say yes, they should have won those games, but they didn't. So they're where they are for a reason. They deserve to be where they are because of certain aspects of the game that weren't coming coming correct and it starts with the coaching so i my initial thought is you lay it because i think i know what the offense is capable of i'm just for them i'm concerned on the defensive end you sent over a question who's under the most pressure our choices are chandler jones Derek carr josh mcdaniels Devonte adams well i put those four because those are going to be the names that that everyone's going to say first and foremost, and I put rank them, meaning, you know, I mean, if, if you have other names to put out there, I mean, you could throw Jonathan Abram in there. You could throw Josh Jacobs. He's been running well under pressure because he wasn't extended. There's a lot of names you could put in there. Heck, you could put Darren Waller, you know. He's um, hurt. But it's not I, fair. I mean, he's hurt, so he's not really well, in the mix, he, is he? 
well, now for he's this hurt. week. Now he's hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, under the most pressure, first and foremost, you already know who I'm going to put, and that's Josh McDaniels. I don't think he's on the hot seat. I don't think he's going to lose his job. I, I think they could go one in sixteen, and he's not going to lose his job after one year. Well, maybe, but I think he's under the most pressure because he's leading the charge here. Your list is going to be identical to mine. And then I'm going to have to put Derek Carr, and then I'm going to have to put Chandler Jones of the four names, and then I'm going to have to put Devontae Adams in that I mean, order. Right? What pressure is on Devontae Adams? Yeah, no. Uh, all, all but the the fingertip ball that he you know he couldn't pull in against Kansas City, yeah. which I still don't think was a great ball thrown to him. Mm-hmm. He's caught everything thrown his way. Mm-hmm. He's been good. He just needs to be targeted more and have better, better footballs thrown his way. The other three guys, you're right. They lead the way, and... I'm not putting Carr on top of the list. It's on Josh McDaniels. Right. Play or call the right plays. You're the you're the one. Spread the ball. Yeah, you're the one running the offense. So you got to get it right. Right now, your two best offensive players are Adams and Jacobs. You could flip flop that. Carr's got to get better. Carr, by PFF rankings, this is one of his worst years of his career. He, I think he's 26. I'll, I'll check what it is after yesterday, but he was 26 coming into this week. He's got to get better, but. McDaniels controls the offense. He oversees the defense because the buck stops with him. He's the guy, and he's also part of the mix that decided on personnel. So if they're weak in an area, they decided to go get Devonta Adams for two, you know, first and a second, twenty-nine million dollars a year. Yeah, that was Ziegler and McDaniels. So he's 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 the guy who's got the pressure across the board. And whether you think he's been average or slightly below average, now that they're one and four, he's got to be above average. He's got to out coach. Mm-hmm. Every opponent coming up, and I think that this, I think he's at an advantageous situation this weekend to to, to prove that he can out coach. You know, what I mean, I think it's it's Lovey Smith, but I think the components in which Lovey has compared to the components of McDaniel's, it's easier. It's going to be it should be easier. You would think to out coach with his personnel than what Lovey has. And I'll go back to the narrative I thought was the case before the season with the Texans. The players want to win. And I'm sure Lovey wants to win, ultimately. Does the organization really want to win this year? It's not the best thing for them. They need to finish with a top-five pick so they can make sure they get one of these quarterbacks. And they had something weird happen today. I mean, the guy is a, kind of a crackpot, and everyone warned the Texans about Jack Easterby. He was in, in charge of football operations, kind of a kooky guy, and was with the Patriots, and he, he got fired today. So he moved on. So I don't know where they are right now, where their headspace is right now. But this is a team that coming into the year really, really didn't have the goal of making the playoffs. You have to freaking take them out. And, and it, frankly, it should be easy. This, this, this should not be a game in the fourth quarter. You're off a bye week, backs against the wall. I mean, you know Devontae Adams is pissed off. I'm sure Carr's looking at the numbers and hearing people say that his play is not great. I mean, they're max motivated. This should be an ass whooping. It should be, 100%. You're right. It should be based on a number of factors. One, the way that Josh Jacobs has been running the ball. Two, they've been off for a week. They can recoup, get healthy, re-energize, refocus, and prepare properly. Uh, if I know Derek Carr, and I don't mean like on a personal level, I mean you know from a professional standpoint, he didn't take a week off. Maybe to reset, get his body right a little bit, Rest and recovery, get a massage, get some cupping, whatever. Get get some fascial stretch therapy, get your mind right, get in his faith, read the Bible a little bit, whatever it is that he does, right? We all do our own little thing to reset. I know I do. 
They should come out like balls to the wall, lights out, ready to kick the ever-living crap out of Houston. Monday Night Football on the way. Chargers land four against the Broncos. Twin Peaks is the location. Willie's got a ton of cool prizes. This place is awesome with a 29-degree beer. Big beers, 22-ouncers, under 4 bucks. they got 19 different shots to choose from for $3.99 and then select appetizers. Two, four, and six dollars at Twin Peaks. Want the skinny on UNLV football? Listen to the weekly UNLV All Access podcast with Cofield and Caleb Herring. A new episode drops each Thursday morning at UNLV All Access on Twitter. The 3 2. Swing and a miss. He got him. And the ball game and the series are over. And the Phillies are headed to the National League Championship Series as they have taken out the world champs. An 8-3 win. The Phillies celebrate on the mound. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live at Twin Peaks. Wow, raucous atmosphere. Eagles smash the Cowboys. We'll get to the Cowboys in just a little bit. Philly, riding high right now. Riding high right now. The Phillies on to the NLCS. One important Raiders injury note that just came down. Injured reserve time for Nate Hobbs. That was a broken hand or thumb a couple weeks ago. I believe it was his hand. We'll get an update on that. But he's on injured reserve, so unavailable for a while. Yeah. And, by the way, they signed cornerback Tavon Campbell to the practice squad, released cornerback Bryce Cosby. But right now, coming back, as you mentioned, we heard the Phillies. Earlier we talked about, we like to call them the Las Vegas Phillies because of Bryce Harper and our favorite young local hero, Bryson Stott. Well, it all started at Desert Oasis High School. Before he went to UNLV and coming on, joining us, Cofield and Company, giving us some time today. His high school coach, his American Legion coach, and now a close friend, of course, of the family. Paul Buboltz joins the show. Paul, how are you? Good, good. How are you guys? Doing good. Looking forward. We've been looking forward to talking to you all day. Once, once we heard you were confirmed, because I, I know we. I think the last time you were on with us, it was after opening weekend, when Bryson made his MLB debut. And you talked about just what a thrilling experience it was and how, you know, to be out there. And, of course, with Shanna and everybody else that was there, he had a nice group of, I think it was around 40 people. But take me through this past series and what you were doing at the – I don't know if you were out there maybe, but uh, when, when, they, when they wrapped things up. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's exciting to, uh, to see Bryson, you know, obviously early on when we talked. Um, he struggled early on in the year and then found a way to, uh, he's just been tearing it up, uh, as of late. Um, I wasn't able to make it out there. We have, you know, all our fall stuff for baseball going on now and it's, it's pretty busy, but still, you know, kind of stay in contact with them and I'm for sure watching the games, you know, when I can. And, and it's just so exciting to see him, you know, the, the kind of year he's had as a rookie and, and how he's kind of stepped into his role and, and is really, uh, you know, producing and, and one of the key pieces to, uh, to what they're doing yeah and it's and you know he, they gave I, you know Girardi gave him a shot obviously and it, it's kind of hard with the personnel that he had in place so is there the inconsistency in in playing time I think hurt him early on but uh they relieved Girardi of his duties and then some injuries allowed Bryson to step in and what really provided him with the opportunity put the numbers up and display his talent was consistent playing time. And you know better than anyone that you give him the opportunity to showcase what he can contribute, not basically break out with, um, but the consistency in providing contribution. 
talk a little bit about what that means to Bryson. Yeah, I mean, just just having you know him, him growing up, you know, in our program, I think that he's a kid who, who like anybody, he 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 thrives on just playing. I, I know it, it it tears him up when when once in a while when you know when he's sitting with the lefty lefty matchup or whatever, but. He's a kid who never, you know. I'd always ask him, "Hey, you need a break? You know, we're up, we're up by ten runs. You want to come out of the game?" And he, he would always, he's always the kid who never wanted to come out. He was, he thrived on just, just constantly being in there and the grind. So, you know, nothing's changed. I mean, he's, you know, given the opportunity, he's shown that he, he totally belongs, and and he's like I said, he's a, he's, he's a key contributor to what they got going on right now. You know. He's. I always think of him. You know the scene in Trouble with the Curve when Clint Eastwood's talking to uh, John Goodman, and and, he, and they're talking about a, a, an original player he scouted, and he's having a terrible time in the minors. And he says, "When's the last time he's seen his parents?" And he tells him, yeah. "He's been." You know, and he says, "Get him on a plane, get his parents down there, get to see." You know, that, and then all of a sudden later in the in the show. It turns out that he, he get, they get the parents there. The kids having a breakout. Matthew Lillard says, "Yeah, how much did it cost this organization?" And Goodman fires him on the spot, or, or whoever it was. It wasn't Goodman; it was the the, the uh, GM. Yeah. I love the fact that Shanna has been there for most of this season when she has to be. And I, I'm not saying that it, that's why, but Bryson has always been a family kid, and now that he's a major league baseball player, he is still that family guy. That son, with the loving parents, the brother, the sister. How much does that help him as a player? Well, I think you know, obviously, the you know, it, having having a family like his. I mean, they've been supportive. I, you know, I'm not sure that they missed a game throughout his high school days and, and summer days. They were constantly there supporting. They would have the team over to you know their house, and and they'd be doing you know team stuff in the pool or whatever they were doing. You know, just hanging out, watching sports on TV. But it's always been like that, and and it's and it's and it's so nice to see. You know how down to earth he still is. You know, he's the same same kid as he was when he when he first came in at you know five foot four, a hundred, just over a hundred pounds as a freshman. So it's you know it's it's I think it, it I think he just thrives on on being that kid. He you know he 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 loves his family and his brother and sister. You know, and and mom and dad and and. I think that's you know having them there, and I, I think that's that's an important part of of who he is and and what he's got going on. And uh, you know, you've been coaching in the valley for a while. You're now a veteran here. Um, yeah. A little bit about Bryce Harper. I mean, you know, you know, we know about his career with Washington, but he seems to just be a little bit more relaxed with Philly. Um, and then, of course, with Bryce coming, in, it's like a little brother. Um, do you sense that? I mean, I don't know if you keep in touch with Sam Thomas. I mean, you, you're, you're the coach, yeah. the old school coaching brethren out here. They sort of all know yeah. one another. You, Charlie, uh, Sam. Yep. But talk a little bit about Bryce and just his comfortability with Philly now. Yeah, and no, it just looks like you know when I talking to Bryce and those guys are are just like you know kids having fun out there. It's 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 uh, you know just watching them and the you know from the from the videos that I've seen and talking talking with him. It's just. It just looks like they're just having fun, like they're like, like you know, the champagne celebrations and and all that stuff after the after the wins. It just you know, and, and on a daily you know basis, Bryson's the the jokester that's pouring water on people on interviews and stuff. It just it just looks like they're just having so much fun, and I'm so happy for you know 
him and Bryce and, and, and the other guys on the team. Yeah, you bring up the celebrations. He's now become the prankster. Philly, uh, yep. I see on the Instagram, the Phillies always share uh, his pranking when someone's doing that uh, post-game TV interview and he pours the ice-cold water or whatever. Did, was, did he do that? Was he a prankster at D.O.? Uh, not really. I think that's just kind of came out of came up lately. Like he he wasn't really, really you know the prankster type. Um, but but it's fun to watch him having fun again. You know, whenever he would you know come to me, I'd tell him like just just relax. It's just a game, right? I mean, and, and you're on the biggest stage now, but you know the, the people that can treat it like just a game and and have fun are the people that are that are going to succeed. And so. I mean, it's just fun to watch those guys and that team right now, like how much fun they're having. And, and you know, you know as well as I do, the team that gets hot at the right time is, it has a good shot, and, and they've definitely um, got hot at the right time. I'm glad you mentioned fun. It's, I, I can't remember what I was talking to over the weekend about the Phillies being really dangerous because they're playing loose right now. Um, Philly's not an easy town to play in and be loose um, were you were you ever worried about you know early in the season when Bryson was struggling a little bit like you know Philly could come down and kind of crush him you know the way New York and Boston does to guys and and that happens to guy I mean listen poor Joey Gallo I think he's, he's going to bounce back and have a good career but New York got him did you ever worry about Bryson and you know his personality and Philly getting crazy sometimes on players Yeah I mean it's 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 definitely a worry I I mean you know you just hope that that they would take it easy on a guy that's that young, but you know as well as I do that that they they're they're a crazy fan base and and uh, it's always a worry. I, I you know I was hoping that he would would bounce back and not let just the, you know some of that stuff worry him. But it's it's hard when you're even as a professional athlete, you know it's it's hard to kind of tune some of that out once in a while. But um, but yeah, I, you know I, just having fun is the is the main thing. And, and like I said, there. They're having a ton of it right now. Talking to Paul Buboltz, coach over at Desert Oasis, Bryson Stotts High School coach. Paul, we appreciate you coming on. Real quick, what's going on with fall ball? Do, 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 is it like high school in Legion where the is it just mainly the parents come out, or can can people come out and see see some good fall ball action? Yeah, we're we're uh, you know it's 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 uh, we run pretty much year round, so it's it's we're doing our off season stuff right now and playing games. We've we've got. We've got some games going on this weekend and stuff, and everybody can come out and watch. Um, yeah, we, we pretty much go till Thanksgiving and then shut down for a while and get back after it in January again. So, All right, well, we had you on after his debut. We have you on after a huge NLDS victory. Let's hope we have you on after a World Series win. Once again, Desert Oasis coach Paul Blue. It's always great to catch up with you. I hope to see you soon, Paul. Thanks for joining us on Cofield & Company. Appreciate it, guys. This really is great. It's fantastic. You know, I still I still can't believe Bryson came through as much as he did, you know, this early in his career. And, you know, like I was just saying to Paul, Philly's tough, man. Joey Gallo was gotten by New York. Yeah. And Philly can be the, the same way, but uh, Bryson stepped up. And, you know, I wonder what – we're going to get a, one of the Philly media members on later in the week. And I, I want to find out how Bryce Harper has blended into Philly as an athlete. Because I remember uh, John Marks. Well, I, I definitely remember him because he does radio in Philly. But I remember doing a spot with John, and he was asking me if if Bryce Harper was a dude or a bro. And I'm like, I don't know what the difference is, you know. But I think basically he was trying to get at, like, is he going to blend in well right. with Philly? Because you remember Bryce Harper, 
in Washington, there, there was kind of mm. not standoffish, but yes. very rehearsed, kind of Jeter-like. Mm. But I think Philly's brought the best out in Harper in terms of being a maniacal competitor. And look at where they are now. And good for Harper, by the way. Because Washington, that organization as a baseball organization, sucks. So I'm glad he escaped.